wrestling fans, this is Ray Russell along with Steve Ekstadt for a very special quickie episode of the Wrestling Memory Grenade. Me and Steve talked it over and we thought it was important to do a little show on the passing of the southern-born, southern-bred thoroughbred, the Georgia Jawjacker. You may know him also as the Bullet, Bob Armstrong. Steve, welcome to the show. Uh, glad to be here, man. Thank you. And uh, I just felt this is important because uh, growing up, we had Georgia Championship Wrestling syndicated into my area, and Bob Armstrong was one of the early guys I saw on the TV. I didn't see him often, but I, I do recall him, and, and I, I certainly enjoyed you know what I saw of Bob Armstrong throughout the years, and certainly his run in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Bob was born back in, I believe, October 1939, just passed away yesterday, August 27th, at the age of 80. I guess, uh, unbeknownst to me anyway, uh, he had had prostate cancer and moved into his bones, and unfortunately he finally succumbed to that. Bob started wrestling back in 1963 as the Fighting Fireman from Marietta, Georgia. And he's a former Marine, very unique in that he had studied martial arts. That was new back then for the Americans. <laughs> By the end of the 60s, Bob had moved into a full-time active professional wrestler. He was the perennial baby face, never a heel, at least not for a very long time. Definitely well-known in the southeastern territories, the, the eastern half of Tennessee. He also worked the western half, Memphis. Uh, definitely down in Alabama, Georgia, Florida. Bob was actually down in Georgia during the, the Georgia War of 72 when Ray Gunkel died, and they split into two territories. The big note there was that Bob was one of only two wrestlers that stood their ground and remained loyal to Ann Gunkel and, and didn't jump ship with all the other wrestlers. Uh, see, what had happened was Ann Gunkel had the big Thanksgiving card coming up down there in Georgia, and basically her entire roster left her all at once, and Bob Armstrong was just one of two men that, that stayed loyal and stayed to her, and that just shows you what kind of a, a man Bob Armstrong was. Just a little bit on his career in the 70s, uh, Armstrong dominated the tag teams in the early 70s. He moved into a singles role in the mid-70s in Florida, thanks to Bill Watts. Bill Watts gave him his first big break as a singles wrestler. Bob got his first couple of singles pushes against guys like Bill Watts. So obviously Watts liked him. Watts saw what he had. And Bob Armstrong gave him that shot to, to feud with Watts on top. He also had rivalry with Buddy Colt down there, which Buddy Colt was a huge heel before his uh, plane crash accident. Armstrong went back to Georgia, was a top star there after doing Florida, moving forward throughout the rest of the 1970s and uh, also in Southeastern down there in Alabama. But then we go to what I remember best, and that's his early 80s Georgia stuff with Roddy Piper. You see, Piper, and I, I encourage everybody to go out there and try to go find this on YouTube and stuff. I've seen it all over online, so I know some of it's out there, and it's really great stuff. As you know, Roddy Piper's already a great promo. People might, and I might not realize how good of a promo Bob Armstrong was. He knew exactly what to say, and, and he always had the fan support, and he really knew how to get an angle over and. Roddy Piper had already been working for Crockett Wrestling for several months, maybe a year by that point. I don't remember, but he started coming down to work in Georgia, but he'd only worked the TV tapings as an announcer with Gordon Soley. And Piper was clearly a heel on commentary, but he wasn't an over-top heel. He wasn't a Jesse Ventura. He wasn't ripping into the baby faces. He would more or less just side with the heels and, and always remain professional with Gordon Soley. He wouldn't even badmouth the faces so much, just point out their flaws, almost like a real animal, analyst would do. He just seemed to always do it to the baby faces. Bob had just come back into the Georgia territory. I, uh, I think he had just come back from Southeastern and he had brought his son, Brad with him now. And they, they basically formed a tag team there. And I believe it was the tail end of 1981. 
And Piper would criticize Bob on commentary every week for babying Brad in the ring and not working like a real tag team should. And Piper said he didn't really care for Bob Armstrong's style with his son, Brad. And Bob obviously didn't care for Piper's views and asked him to mind his own business week after week. Eventually, you know, this months, I, I think it was months, it felt like months of just this back and forth stuff. And eventually they had a, a brawl on TV that was like the brawl of all brawls at the time. I mean, they knew they had to ramp it up and they, they did a great job and it was really cool to watch. They sold it hard. It led to Piper's first Georgia match, the first time Georgia or Piper stepped in the ring in Georgia at the Omni. They damn near tripled their gate, damn near tripled their ticket sales with Piper leading. Of course, I think Harley Race defending the world title against Tommy Rich was also on that card, so that aids to it as well. But everybody believes, you know, it was the Piper Armstrong Ale that sold the tickets. Unfortunately, at the time, the booker, Ole Anderson, booked a non-finish. I believe it was double count-out. Ole's logic, I think it was that Piper was working Crockett, not Georgia. And Bob Armstrong was a full-time Georgia guy. So even though they didn't want to put Bob over in the first match, Ole didn't want to put Piper over either. And, and a lot of people argue, I think Jim Barnett was also argued, that that, that basically killed the, the heat dead for their, their feud. But it was still a great great TV nonetheless when it was going on. Ever the babyface, Bob did have one run as a heel, and he played it well during a feud with Fuller in Southeastern. There's some of that out there on the internet, and uh, I'd encourage everyone to go check that out, too. It's really cool stuff to watch Bob Armstrong as a heel. He was a great heel, though it didn't feel right. You know what I mean? Like, maybe not on the same level, but I'd liken it to a Hulk Hogan turn in, like, 88 or 89. Again, not the same level, obviously, Hogan mainstream national, but... It was the point I'm trying to make is Bob had just been the ultimate face for so long, even if he was good at being a heel, which I never thought Hogan was a great heel, but Bob was. Uh, but even Bob being a top heel after being a baby face for so long, it just didn't feel right. But it still worked and it was believable and, and it got over. Of course, into the mid 80s, Bob Armstrong still wrestling, had that weightlifting accident where he was bench pressing and the weight fell off and, and crushed his face, literally ripped the nose right off his face. That's when he had to have that major reconstructive plastic surgery on his face done and, and started wearing the bullet mask more often to cover up, you know, the scars and, and the healing. Then, of course, we fast forward to the 90s. And I know this is what you want to talk about is his run Jim Cornette's Smoky Mountain Wrestling as a commissioner role. His feud with Cornette seemed to last forever, but it never got old. There was always something new with it. Every once in a while, a great while, Bob would put those tights on when an angle <laughs> called for it, when the angle was right. And it was like magic in the ring. Listen to those fans. He still had it. Whatever it is, age doesn't seem to matter if you can if you can get it done. And uh, of course, Bob, you know, because of that success in that commissioner role, he did something similar in TNA uh, in the early inception of TNA and did a little managing there in TNA as well. And Bob had four sons, and every one of them became a wrestler. Scott Armstrong also sometimes wrestled Dixie Dynamite. Went on to become a referee for the for the WWE for quite a long period of time. Steve Armstrong, probably best known as uh, one half of the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys, Young Pistols with Tracy Smothers. Brad Armstrong, probably one of the greatest na natural athletes ever in the ring. And then, of course, Road Dog, who basically got his father's um, charisma. <laughs> but Steve, I, I, I don't want to. I just want to run down some history on Bob before I got your thoughts on everything of what Bob meant to you. And, and I know you said you had some memories of him in Smoky Mountain, so I'll throw it to you now. Yeah, I didn't. I haven't seen a lot of his old older stuff, uh, like with Piper and things like that. But it sounds amazing. Something I want to go check out and just to get more on what Bullet Bob meant to the business. I really enjoyed watching the Smoky Mountain, and like you said, man, the feud never got old with him and Cornette. And his promos, he I don't think he ever stuttered. I don't think he ever missed a beat. He never missed a word. Every word he said, he meant. 
and it came across natural for him. And he played his gimmick because it, it worked so well because I think it was him. Right. It felt natural. Yeah. Um, it was not out of place. He wasn't the biggest guy. I mean, he looked like a grandpa sometimes out there, but yeah. <laughs> he was believable in everything that he said. Like, I believed him when he said he was going to do what he was going to do. I, I believed him when he got in the ring because I knew he could back it up with his background, and, you know, uh, the Marines and things like that, and just his history in the business. I remember first turning on Smoky Mountain Wrestling, I'm like, who the heck is this guy? Never really seen him, but after like one or two episodes or one or two promos by him, I was hooked and I could not wait to see more. And it, it, not, it wasn't more, much so Cornette, it was Bull of Bob. Right. Um, and I've been a fan ever since. Again, I know it's not a lot. I've just always enjoyed his work, and it's sad that he's passed on. But if you're dealing with cancer, it's definitely one of those things that hopefully he's no longer suffering and he's in a good place to where that, that's no longer an issue. Yeah, just sad overall, but uh, thoughts and prayers out to him and his family for sure. Yeah, and I think the words legend and trailblazer and things like that get thrown around so much, especially now, so as not to hurt anyone's feelings. But I think Bob did that, maybe not on a national scale. And if, if you only hold making it in this business to appearing in the WWF for a long run or even in the WCW, obviously Bob was a little up, up in age by then, although he did appear in 1990 there. I think even though most of his work was earlier on in, a, in an era that's not so much captured on video for everyone to see, yeah. there's, there is a lot of Bob out there. And, and thanks to Jim Cornette and Smoky Mountain Wrestling, there's a lot of promos of Bob out there for sure. Oh, and that's, that's yeah. really where he delivered. Even though he could command the fans in the ring, he still did that in Smoky Mountain as well. But, but really his stuff was great on, on the microphone and uh, he'll definitely be missed. Uh, the the other thing is just the legacy. I mean, look at his kids. Oh, yeah. They've all they're all successful in their own way. Uh, Brad's right. a very underrated wrestler. You know, one of my favorites of all time. Yeah, he's great. Road Dog had all the charisma in the world. Maybe not the best wrestler, but people he was entertaining, and that's that's all that matters really. I believe it's Steve that's the referee, right? Scott, or is it Scott? Scott. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we had Steve and the what the Bob Young Pistols with yeah. Tracy Smothers. So they right. all they all had some runs. You know, you're lucky if you have one or two kids following your footsteps, but this guy had four, and uh, they all carved their own path in the business. So that's his legacy is going to last forever in that sense as well. So may he may not get the recognition. It almost feels like he was in that perfect era for him because, uh, like I said, he yeah. didn't have the look. But being in a territory where it's all about promos and you can move around and never get stale, like that seems perfect for him. Yeah. Um, he made it work. So uh, kudos to him. What a guy. Yeah. Well said. And uh, not to go off subject, but uh, as we've been reviewing the NWA 1989, Michael Hayes has been coming out week after week and cutting promos and plagiarizing songs and in said promos. His favorite always seems to be Bad to the Bone, a song that I familiarized in the wrestling business with Bob Armstrong, who used it as his theme in the latter years of his career and in Smoky Mountain and whatnot. So in this instance, it seems fitting with the bullets passing. So here's to you, Bullet Bob Armstrong. Thank you for being one of the many trailblazers of the territory era. Thank you for being one of those father figure-like good guy characters that wrestling needed so badly. And thank you for all the fond memories. From Georgia to Smoky Mountain, no matter his age, I always believed. And for Steve Ekstat, I'm Ray Russell. We'll see you next week for another edition of the Wrestling Memory Grenade, where we'll do the Clash of the Champions 5 watch-along. Until then, this one's for you, Bullet.
day I was born, the nurses all gathered round, and they gazed in wide wonder at the joy they had found. The head nurse spoke up, said, leave this one alone. She could tell right away that I was bad to the bone, bad to the bone. Bye. 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 Bye.